Well, have you ever been in a situation where, because you were missing one fact, you got the totally wrong end of the stick? Uh, I saw a breakfast TV show once where the, the presenters suddenly cut to breaking news of what was happening in their city, and they had uh, helicopter coverage of what was going on. There was this street in the city, and they're saying, oh no, there's been a plane crash in the middle of the city. The presenters, they're live on, on breakfast TV, and, uh, and sure enough, there's a plane you know, uh, skewed across the road, there are emergency services everywhere, and they thought, oh no, you know, uh, look out, uh, you know, the traffic's going to have to be diverted, all this kind of thing. And then one of them puts their finger in their ear, so like this, and so it goes, oh no, hold on. Uh, apparently, apparently they're making a film downtown. And, this, and what they'd seen was, uh, was a film set. And all the emergency services were... With the uh, the actors, uh, they diverted the traffic anyway because they knew it was going to be a film. But no one had told the the, the TV station. I just one fact, one fact just totally changed the way in which they were viewing the the situation. Well, my name is Ian. I'm one of the elders here at Rotherham Evangelical Church, and today we're going to look at some people who had totally the wrong idea because of something they didn't know. Totally the wrong end of the stick because they were missing something. So we're going to dig into today's passage. You might, If you do have a Bible with you, you might want to keep it open or if it's on your phone. And we're going to look at this as six sections today. Yeah, twice as good as three sections, folks. So uh, just stick with us as we go through this. Um, and we're going to start off thinking, first of all, about those first words at that time in the passage. At that time or at the time as I've got there. This is the situation. Jesus and his disciples are walking through uh, a grain field, through a farmer's grain field. And as they're walking... Because they're hungry, they're picking the heads of the grain. And they're rubbing them in their hands to get the, to get the, the grain out and eating them. Sounds like an everyday scene, doesn't it? And yet Matthew, as Ian was saying last week, at that time, Matthew is reminding us this is a unique time. This has never happened before, it will never happen again. The Son of God, Jesus, is walking with his disciples and teaching them and us as he goes. This is not just a Saturday stroll out through the fields. The Messiah, the Son of God, is walking on earth among, on, in his creation. And as he goes, he's teaching, teaching his disciples. So then, uh, what was happening? B, breaking the rules. There's a group of religious leaders there, they're called the Pharisees, and they're watching the disciples doing this, picking the grain and, and uh, rubbing it together, and they really have a go at Jesus, verse 2, because this was a big deal. This was a big deal at that time in the law that had been given 
to the people of Israel to follow, God had commanded, remember the Sabbath day, that's the Saturday, by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And the Pharisees' role in life, what they were there for, their job description, if you like, was to, was to figure out how to apply the law that had been given to the Jewish people, the people of Israel. And, and in this particular case, they decided there were 39 different kinds of work that you couldn't do on the Sabbath. And then round each one, they sort of put more rules underneath it. So, for example, they said you can't carry a burden on the Sabbath. Carrying a burden, carrying a weight is, is work. And so then, well, okay, what do you mean by a burden? Well, they decided that what they meant was a burden was sort of only a certain, a certain weight. They decided that walking was work. And so you could only walk a certain distance on the Sabbath. So, for example, we know here that they hadn't walked very far when this happened because they weren't allowed to. And, and so the, these commands, this idea of keeping the Sabbath holy was a really big deal. And, and the Jewish people were, didn't see it as particularly restrictive. It was a day they enjoyed. It was a day they, they celebrated. And even the non-Jews of the era would recognize this as being something that was uh, distinctive about them as a people. They knew they couldn't go and buy something from a, a Jewish person if they ran a shop on the Sabbath because they were going to be closed. Everyone was kind of okay with that. And the Pharisees' role then was teaching this stuff and upholding it. So when they're criticizing the disciples to Jesus, this is, this is in their mind, this is their job description. This is what we do. This is what we're about. This is nothing hugely, hugely different going on there. And again, just, just some clarity in terms of the breaking of the law. It's not... To us now in the Western world, it, you, this would sound like stealing, right? You're walking through somebody's field. It's not your field and you're picking the crop as you go. Not a lot of the crop, to be honest with you, but a bit of the crop, Right? That was perfectly allowable and, and normal in the, in, the, uh, in the law of the time. This was perfectly acceptable. It's the picking the grain which the Pharisees were describing and, uh, as harvesting and then the rubbing the, 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 the head together to get the, the grain out which was preparing food. These were two things you were not allowed to do on the Sabbath. However, Jesus knew that they were in error. Jesus knew they were in error and so he goes about correcting the teachers. His third point. Correcting the teachers. Look there in verse 3. Jesus answers them. And he makes it clear. First of all, he makes it clear the Pharisees are wrong. That there is something that they have not understood. They have not understood mercy. And so they have added to the requirements of the law. 
They've added things that weren't there. So Jesus points them, first of all, to a history book in the Old Testament. There are different kinds of different genres in the Old Testament. First of all, he points them to a history book. The story of King David and his companions. When he goes and they eat the, the ceremonial bread from the house of God, you can read that about that in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 21, if you, if you want to catch up on that later. And Jesus says, look, the Bible, the Old Testament, did not condemn David and his companions for doing this. The priests who were there at the time didn't condemn David and his companions for doing this. In fact, they, they seem to approve of it. The Pharisees didn't know. They, they didn't. There was something they were missing. And even the Pharisees themselves did not condemn King David. And yet here in this wheat field is a king who is bigger than David, who is greater than David. Well, Jesus goes on. Uh, Verse 5, or he says, or haven't you, haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? Jesus makes it clear that there is something else. It's actually the same thing, that the, the Pharisees are, are wrong. Something else they have not understood. Mercy. It's still mercy that they have not understood. And because they have not understood it, they've ignored the exemptions which are in the law. Jesus points them now to a law book in the Old Testament. He's pointed them to a history book. Now he points them to a law book. He says, look, the priests who are working in the temple on the Sabbath are commanded to do something which you say is work. This is, a, this is a, clearly an instruction from God. You can read it in the book of Numbers, chapter 28. This is an instruction. This is a way of honouring God on the Sabbath. This isn't breaking the rules. But they didn't know. The Pharisees, there was something that they didn't know and they've got it wrong. The Pharisees haven't condemned these priests. Yet here in this wheat field is a greater priest than the one who is serving in the temple. Well, thirdly then, verse 7. Jesus makes it clear the Pharisees are wrong. It's something they haven't realised. It's mercy. <clears throat> And because they don't understand mercy, they have not recognised the heart of the law. The heart of the law. Jesus points them now, he's pointed them to a history book, he's pointed them to the law, now he points them to a prophet. One of the books written by a prophet in the Old Testament. You can see it there, he's quoting from Hosea chapter 6. And he actually says, If you had known... He says to the Pharisees, if you had known these words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. That is what God had said through the prophet Isaiah. That word mercy there, that's what Ian was talking about when he was telling us about hesed last year. That's the same word, hesed and mercy there. 
But the Pharisees didn't get it. They didn't get the heart of the law. And so they were rigid. And Jesus says, you've condemned innocent people because of that. God's expectation is that his people, whether that's the Jewish people then or us now, should show mercy to one another. If you had known. But the Pharisees, they wanted sacrifice over mercy. The Pharisees wanted the letter of these small rules. And yet here in this wheat field was a greater prophet than all the prophets in the Old Testament. So the Pharisees must be getting pretty agitated now that Jesus is telling them they're wrong. He's told them wrong for three times, but then he really tops it off. Verse 8, Jesus declares that he is both the Son of Man, a title of great authority, Uh, and divine power from the book of Daniel and he also says he is the Lord of the Sabbath if the Sabbath has been commanded by God and it is wholly up to the law Jesus is referring to himself with a title of such authority that he says and I can interpret those rules and I can change those rules if I want to he doesn't change those rules but he interprets the rules he is claiming Total authority. He can correctly interpret and apply this law and he can change it if he wants to. He's not saying the law is wrong. We want to be careful here. The law of God in the Bible, Jesus did not abolish it or say it was wrong. But he is saying how it has been applied by the Pharisees is not in line with the word of God, with the heart of the law. Jesus has claimed here to be God. Now, now some people will say, oh, Jesus never claimed to be God in the Bible. Uh, uh, academics or different people Giving it just a moment's thought here, it is unequivocal that Jesus has just claimed to be God. A greater king than David, a greater priest than those who are serving in the temple, a greater prophet than all the ones from the Old Testament is here, and yet the Pharisees do not know it. They do not recognize him. And they're clear what he's just claimed. They're clear he's been claim to be God that's why they're going to plot to kill him in a bit yet they do not know the law as they should they do not know mercy they do not know hesed they do not recognize the God in front of them if they had then everything would have been different for them and yet this ignorance This ignorance is what is going to underlie this conflict that they have and that we're going to see unfold in Matthew between them and Jesus. Well, recognising that they did not know, that they did not know this, Jesus then follows up his, his correcting them 
with a demonstration, our, our fourth point. Jesus demonstrates the law. The scene shifts now. He's in the synagogue. A man with a shriveled hand is there. Uh, he's not sought attention from Jesus, as far as we can see. Now, the Pharisees know he's there. And just for a bit of background, a, a lot of the, there was a lot of debate when they were talking about the 39 kinds of work you can't do on the Sabbath, about healing. Okay, healing was one of the time where there was a lot of controversy. Just how much medical work can you do on the Sabbath before you break the Sabbath? If your life is at risk, if someone's life is at risk, it's okay to heal them. If their life isn't at risk, it's not okay to heal them. You have to wait until the sun goes down on Saturday. Um, but there was a, obviously these grey areas in that idea, right? But the Pharisees, you see, they're being, they're being cunning. They know that Jesus has compassion for people who are, uh, who are suffering in various ways. He's, he has compassion, particularly on the disabled. He's already healed many of them who've, who've been introduced to him. And so, verse 10, the, the Pharisees spot an opportunity here. They're going to try and trap this, this upstart preacher, this itinerant, uneducated troublemaker. They're going to try and trap him in between his compassion to heal people and the law and the rules that they have established. It's not a genuine question that they're asking here. But Jesus sees, that Jesus sees them coming a mile off. And so he gives them a quick three-line parable that just cuts them totally down to size. The Jewish people at the time, most people throughout time, don't like to see animals suffer, right? And so, so this parable hits, hits home. Uh, it's poor sheep stood it. Got into a pit somehow. Uh, but more than that, at the time, remember, sheep were uh, uh, valuable. They, they were currency at times. It's almost like a, a, an ATM machine on four legs. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the real, real deal, right? And it's, it's fallen in a pit. And at the time, the common practice, never mind common sense, would be just, just pull, pull the sheep out of the pit, will you? But although the sheep were valuable, Jesus says people are far, far more valuable than animals. Human life is far more precious. And so Jesus uses this argument to say what's true for the lesser is true for the greater. If it's true for the sheep, it's got to be true for people. It has to be okay to heal and do good on the Sabbath. And then as the Lord of the Sabbath, he just makes that really clear. He makes it really clear. Doing good on the Sabbath is lawful. The morality that has been established by God can never be set at the same level as our human rules. 
the morality that has been established by God can never be set at the same level as our own rules. Jesus says, do good on the Sabbath. And then he does good on the Sabbath. The sheep in the pit, in his example, could have been left there till after sunset. And then him and you know, the neighbour could have come over and pulled it out. This man's life was not at risk. Jesus could have complied with all the Pharisees' laws and rules by just letting, coming back to the guy after sunset. Yet Jesus wants to demonstrate the need for mercy. Jesus heals him then, then and there. And how ironically he does it without working. He doesn't do any work. He just says, hold out your hand. And he holds out his hand and he's healed. Miraculously, Jesus still doesn't break even the Pharisees' rules at that point. Jesus' words are sufficient because he is divine, that he can just heal miraculously like that. Some people, I don't know if anyone's ever said this to you, some people say, well, if I could just see a genuine miracle, I would believe in God. And that is true for some people, I think, but for many people, that is just an excuse. That is just another reason why they have a a heart that they they don't want to believe in Jesus. The Pharisees here have seen a clear miracle. The Lord of the Sabbath, God himself in front of them, has just healed. Do they respond with faith? No, they do not. They do not respond with faith at all. Instead, what did they respond with? Our fifth point, they respond, they're going to look to execute the king. They're going to find a way to put this guy to death. The conflict between Jesus and the religious authorities is now ramping up to a whole new level. They've been irritated with him before. They've been looking for ways to to discredit him before. Now they're looking to kill him. They understand the authority he's claimed. They understand what he's just done. And because they do not know, because they do not know, they feel threatened instead of secure. They see the law being eroded when it's actually being fulfilled. They believe in God and yet they do not recognise God standing before them out of pride, out of arrogance, out of legalism, out of fear. They start plotting to kill Jesus. The conflict has reached a point where their conclusion is that Jesus must die. He must die so the law can be preserved. He must die so their power, their reputation as the Pharisees can be preserved. So that the occupying Romans won't increase their levels of oppression. And Jesus also believes he must die. Jesus also believes he must die. In fact, he knows he has to die. Jesus knows that he has to die to fulfill the law. 
Jesus knows that he has to die to fulfill the law, the very law that the Pharisees believe Jesus is trampling on here will be fulfilled when Jesus dies on the cross of Calvary. Jesus is going to demonstrate what Hosea said. Truly, the God desires mercy, not sacrifice, on, when he is crucified on the cross. This death of Jesus is the final sacrifice, one last sacrifice that will be pleasing to God, that will be totally sufficient because of his sacrificial death, we can receive mercy. In his death, Jesus removes the sin of his followers. He gives us his righteousness, a righteousness that is based on mercy. It's based on mercy, not on following ceremonial rules. And the Pharisees, when Jesus died, they think they've won. They think that that perceived threat of Jesus has been eliminated. In their arrogance, they believe that their view of the law had been vindicated. Because they did not know. They did not know. They did not know that the Lord of the Sabbath, on that Sabbath day, on that Saturday, was lying in a tomb, dead. They didn't know that our Saviour was lying dead there, having died for us, and that he was going to rise from the dead on the Sunday, that God would bring him back to eternal life. They did not know. Jesus did not abolish the law. He fulfilled the law in his death, and we know it because God was totally pleased and raised Jesus from the dead. And those now who have believed in Jesus as Lord and Saviour now follow him and, exp and can experience the mercy of rest that God had ordained for the Sabbath. Because the yoke of Jesus is easy and his burden is light. God desires his followers. He desires us to show mercy because of the huge mercy that we have received from God when we believed in Jesus. Because of the staggering cost of that mercy. God wants us to show mercy to others. God wants us to know something that will make all the difference. He wants us to know that Jesus has died for our sins. He wants us to know that through faith in him and repentance, we can be forgiven of our sins and we can receive mercy. That one thing changes everything. It changes how we understand our life. It changes how we understand the world around us. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is our risen King who has shown us great mercy and desires us to do the same. 
If only you knew. If only you knew. If only you would see that. You would see the world differently. You would see your life totally differently. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we just read here in the book of Matthew. It's a story which seems so everyday on one level and yet informs us of this great truth that you desire mercy, not sacrifice. But we also hear from Jesus, your son. Your son who is co-equal God with you and with the Holy Spirit. And we see the fact that he is going to die to fulfill the law for the sake of mercy. Father, I pray and I plead that we would all understand what Jesus is saying here and that we would all seek out this merciful Saviour. I ask it all in his name. Amen.